Hello and welcome to episode 235 of Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I like to grow food in my garden and allotment. Now this week's episode, I will be answering a few questions that I've received from listeners. But before that, of course, we have the diary. But firstly, I've got a bit of an apology to make. Now, if you was waiting for this week's podcast on its usual time, you would notice that I'm a little late in getting this week's podcast out. This hasn't been due to the website troubles that I've had recently. This is, in fact, due to the fact that I came down with what I believe to be heat stroke. Now, you were hearing the diary that over the weekend I spent a lot of time outside and it has been very sunny and very hot. Now, while I tried to drink plenty of water, I may not have drunk enough and I can't wear hats. I find I get too hot in them. This meant that Monday morning I woke up feeling incredibly tired very very hot and a really bad headache. It took me a few hours to get up and I had plans to see the family for lunch which I made an effort and went out and done but when I came home I just went straight to sleep and crashed out for the rest of the day. Because of this I decided to put the podcast off for a day. Now I bring this up not only to say sorry to everyone that was expecting the podcast out but I also bring it as a, a lesson learnt. Perhaps in hot weather it's best not to work so much in the garden and to drink plenty of water. Now, with that out of the way, let's find out what I have managed to do this week. Well, today is Friday the 24th of August 2019. I'm just in my potting shed at the moment, and I'm just potting up a couple of plants that I brought today. These are herb plants. One's a raspberry sage, and the other is tarragon. Now I've brought these because I've got plans of making a little herb border on a project over the winter that you'll hear more about then. And I want to increase the type of herbs that I have. Now the raspberry sage is just a different type of sage that I thought would be quite nice. Something a bit different and it also looks pretty cool. It's got like a reddy tinge to it so I'm kind of excited by it. It's a bit small at the moment but we're going to grow it on and, and see how it gets. The tarragon, well, that's French tarragon, and it's a fairly obvious thing, but I'm actually taking a couple of cuttings of these on the hope that I can grow some more. So all I've done is a couple of the upright stalks, I've just cut those off, removed the lower leaves, and then dipped them into some organic rooting compound, and then I've put those, the bottom of those stalks into some um, seed sowing compost, well watered and they'll live in the potting shed and hopefully they should then grow some roots and produce individual plants which will be great because that will increase my stock of tarragon without spending any more money and I'm going to be repeating this with a few other things rosemary I find rosemary very easy to take cuttings from sage possibly might do some more of that but I'm I, I like different types of sage um, but yeah, fairly, very easy to do and I think it's really, really worth doing. It's another skill to learn. So that's what I've been up to this evening and it's the start of a bank holiday weekend. I have been down the allotment several times during the week but just doing weeding and watering. I haven't bothered recording anything for that because uh, it's a little bit on the boring side. But never mind that for now. So that's it for today. Let's find out what I get up to over the rest of this weekend. Well, today is Saturday the 24th of August 2019. It's been a really hot day today and I've spent the day at 
home. We basically decided we were going to tr chop everything back. You will often hear me talk about chopping the ivy because that just grows like mad and it's almost a, a weekly job to keep on top of it. Well, I've been so busy as of lately that I haven't kept on top of it. I think it was probably about six weeks ago when we last cut it back and it's as if we hadn't bothered. So we spent a quite a while chopping that back as well as a few other trees and, and what have you. Oh, in the garden. Now, this only really relates to the vegetable patch. And I say this time and time again because, of fact, it's creating compost material. And as I always say, all my compost material gets run through the lawnmower before going in the compost bins. And in fact, today, of all the prunings and everything, we have filled up our compost bin. Now, while tidying up, I have realised that I have kept hold of way too many plant pots. And they need to be put into use or something. I've got just too many of the damn things. I hate throwing anything out at the best of times. And plant pots, especially being plastic, are a bit of a bad thing to throw out at the moment. So I tend to um, hoard them. But I've got too many, so I've got to find homes for them. Now, I also spent a bit of time in the vegetable patch and with the chickens and the quail. I've actually put the two youngest quail... Mind Flare and Demigorgon into the cage with Eve. Adam unfortunately did die overnight. I believe he died from old age. He was coming up to that two year age so certainly old enough that the quail was well too old. It was weird about half five this morning I could hear one of the quails making a noise and I thought it was Bunny being lonely but I think it was actually Eve calling out because she was lonely. Anyway, I've added Mindflower and Demigorgon into that same cage. They seem to be getting on very well. No fights between the three of them. I'll soon be Adam adding Adam as well. And then hopefully we've only got one cage of quails and we can start mating them again. Now in the greenhouse, because it's been so hot in here and I've got a few of my seedlings in here which actually need to start hardening off, I did notice the soil was getting a bit dry so I had to give them really, really good watering. And I just moved them lower down in the greenhouse where they're shaded out by the rhubarb. But looking at these, I'm going to start hardening them off soon and get them ready to go down the allotment, ready to add plants down there for overwintering. Although some of these are probably going to live in the greenhouse and various places at home as well. Now it's been a very busy, productive day, bank holiday weekend, and I'm going down the allotment tomorrow, so hopefully everything will be great down there. Today is Sunday the 25th of August 2019. I am just on the allotment and I've been down here most of the morning. I had a few hours to spare this morning, so I came down and did a bit of work. Now because I've been here a few times in the week, in the evenings, there wasn't a huge amount of weeding that needed doing. But what weeding did need you at doing, I quickly done and ran through the beds with a hoe, just trying to keep on top of it. Yeah, there's not much more to say on that. There are areas that I'm going to concentrate on over the next few weeks and get to the same state. But things are certainly looking good. Now the six beds on the bottom, I did go around and give those a really good watering. The, the Broccoli Rab 60 is still there and seems to be growing well. The Brassica bed seems to be doing well. I've had to stake in my Brussels sprouts again, just to give those some support and hopefully they'll grow nice and strong and produce some decent Brussels sprouts. But they did need 
a staking in. The strong winds we've had recently did rock them a little. I don't think that's going to cause a problem at this stage because they're not actually producing any sprouts at the moment. Next to that, the bed where I did grow garlic in this year. That was a bit empty and it's going to be another brassica bed over the winter. Well, I've thrown in some spare kale plants that I had lying around waiting for somewhere to go. They have been in a pot for quite a while. I just couldn't bear myself to throw them out and we'll see how they get on. They may do well, they may not, but we'll find out. They are not looking their best, to be honest, but at the end of the day, if they die, I can get more plants in here, so I'm not too worried. Then the sweet corn bed. Now, this bed is falling apart, and I've had a good look at it, and I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with it now. I did contemplate on rescuing it, but I don't think that's going to hold up. The pallet wood itself doesn't seem too bad unless it's on the ground where it's going to rot faster, of course. But it's a post smaller than anything that seemed to have done the most damage. And I've got to think on a better way to build these beds that doesn't cost a lot of money. But I did give that another good weeding. The cooch grass in there is pretty bad. Now, this was one of the first beds I've built. And when I built it, I filled it up with compost and manure. And I have topped it up, but I didn't top it up last year. But all over the years, all that compost and manure has been sucked into the ground. So it looks like it's just gone back to the soil. That, I think, is a demonstration on how no dig works. Uh, and also how the worms are actually pulling this stuff, the, the compost and manure, down into the ground. Without much help from me. It also goes to show that it is worth topping up regularly now apart from that there's not much more to report oh actually no there is something to report because i've just spotted it blight on the tomatoes you may recall i run experiments to see um, how blight resistant tomatoes compare to non-blight resistance well the two amateur tomato and that's the variety amateur they seem to have got blight, whereas all the rest, this is a Crimson Crush, Crimson Crush, Crimson Blush, Mountain Magic, and there's one more that its name escapes me at the moment. Um, they have not got blight at all. So it goes to show. Now the amateur tomatoes I also have in a greenhouse, they haven't got blight either. So it just goes to show how nasty and horrible blight is and how it's worth growing blight-resistant varieties if you don't want to use chemicals or treatment. Not that there is now any chemicals or treatment for blight. So that's it for today. I've got to head home because I've got friends coming around for a barbecue later and I'm going to cook up some of my lovely homegrown produce to eat on the barbecue. Well, before I answer these questions from listeners that I've received, we have the tip of the week from the RHS Plant Grow Harvest Calendar. And this week's tip is, when your peas have come to an end, strip out the foliage, but leave the roots to feed the soil with nitrogen. Now, this is a tip that I have heard many times myself and try to do on my own plots quite regularly. Not just with peas, though, but it's worth doing with any in the legume family, such as beans as well. Now to do this all I do is cut the stem off at the base, remove the foliage and compost that but that leaves the roots in the soil to rot down. And all the research I've done on this does tell me that that soil will then be provided with nitrogen through the roots rotting down. I'm no scientist to actually back that up 
but there's a ton of research that says it works. More and more of you lovely listeners are leaving comments on the blogs or emailing me and contacting me through social media. And every single one of these comments, I really appreciate. What I really enjoy is answering these questions in the podcast. And that's what I shall be doing today. Now, my first question comes from Courtney. And Courtney has sent me the following email. Hi there. Doing some forward planning and you mentioned that you use IKEA grow lights. Can you do a bit on your setup? How many grow bulbs do you use for what size area and how far away from the plants do they need to be? I tried searching on the site for the info, but I cannot find it. Well, okay, when it comes to searching on the site, unfortunately, what I say in the podcasts doesn't necessarily come up in the search engines. Now, that's why Courtney couldn't probably find the answer, but I do think it's a good idea to go through my setup anyway. Now, I do use grow lights that I've bought from IKEA, and I actually have four light bulbs. They are called Vaxa, but I believe IKEA uses that name in many similar products. I will add a link for the exact products that I use in the show notes for this podcast. Now, the reason I first got these is because these particular ones have a standard screw fitting, which means it's possible to run these in a standard lamp. Now, this could be a lamp you have on your bedside cabinet type thing. That's why I like them. Now, they do have two sizes of a standard screw, the E14 or the E27. Now, the E14 is a smaller one, and uh, I've placed this into one of my clamp lights. And that also came from IKEA, but they don't sell that particular one anymore. But it's the kind of thing you might have as a portable work light sort of thing. Now, the larger screw fitting E27 ones, I have found some cheap light fittings, for again from IKEA, called Hemmer. And again, I'll link to those as well. Now, I have three of these all wired into one plug, which runs off a timer, which operates all four of these lights. And these lamps are then suspended from a beam in my potting shed. Now, before I go any further, I do think I need to say something in regards to health and safety. Because of my job, I can wire all these up pretty safely and I know what I'm doing. But if you are not sure, then do not attempt to replicate what I do. The reason I like these bulbs is because they do fit in a wide range of lamps. Therefore, should you want to use these and are not good with electrics, it's possible to get hold of a standard lamp and just fit these inside it. Like a bedside lamp is another option. It's really easy to do. Now, my second point I do want to raise is that these lamps are not waterproof. They are not designed to work in water and electrics and water don't work well anyway. Now, I do have them in my shed, but my shed does not leak, so there's no chance of water getting into the electrics. Again, this is something to really consider if you want these grow lights. I do believe that these grow lights are designed for indoor use. So if you're going to set them up, it might be worth keeping them inside your house, as it might be safer and less chance of them getting wet. Now, all I'm saying here is be safe. I know what I'm doing with electrics and it's not a problem for me, but I don't want anybody getting hurt because of what I've said here. So to make my disclaimer, (laughs) if you are not competent or don't know what you're doing, please check with an electrician. Now back to my grow lights. Now my first grow light, this sits directly above my propagator and it is literally sat on top of a plastic lid. Because these bulbs are LED, they don't give off any heat and therefore they're not likely to melt the plastic lid. My second light sits about five centimetres above the propagator, and it's the second propagator. 
Then my third grey light is about a five centimetres higher again above another propagator. Now my fourth grow light is probably about a foot above the plants and this is one that doesn't have any heat now and it's just kind of the plants are growing it's just there to uh, bolster them and give them a bit of light. Now the reason I have the lights at different heights is because personally I find it easier to move the plants from propagator to propagator rather than constantly adjusting the height of the lights. That's my personal opinion and that's my setup. I hope that really helps and if you have any questions then please get in touch. My next question comes from Warren and he wants to know where I get my tiger nut seeds from. Now I actually brought my seeds from Brighton's Seedy Sunday, a stall there happened to be selling them. Unfortunately I can't find the exact same supplier online but I have searched the internet and found that Dobby sell them as part of the Rob Smith range. I've checked reviews and they seem pretty happy and from this supplier so I've got no qualms and no fear about recommending these to you. Again, I'll add the link in the blog post of that should you want to get those. My third question comes from Nigel and this is actually a very interesting question. Nigel for a number of years has grown butternut squash plants. He has tried from small plants bought at garden centres and also from growers from seeds. The plants flower but they produce a squash but not a butternut squash. Instead, he gets marrows. He wants to know what's going on here. Now, I found this very, very interesting, really. Nigel has tried different ways and different suppliers, which leads me to the assumption that it's something to do with either Nigel's garden or how Nigel is growing the plants. Personally, I suspect it's cross-pollination. So somewhere near Nigel, there must be somebody who is growing marrows. And a bee or other pollinator is visiting the marrow plants in in search of pollen and then visiting the butternut squash plants and then potting the pollen from the marrow into the butternut squash and therefore creating a marrow. I think this would probably be more prevalent if Nigel plants are not producing male flowers. And it's very easy to see if male flowers are being produced. If you look at the flower, when they're in flower, behind the flower, if it's a female there will be a little bulbous like an immature fruit a small fruit that is an indication that it's female if it hasn't got that then it's probably a male and of course you need the male and female for pollination to occur now if this is what is happening it is because the plants are getting too hot for long periods or the plant is planted out too late in the season now given how hot it has been this year i think that is most likely this year but as it's happened over several years, it, it, it might be particular to Nigel's garden that it gets too hot. I don't know. But if I think next year, if Nigel tries to identify if he's got male or female flowers, it might work. Now, other options that could be done as well is I'm wondering, and I didn't ask Nigel this, is how many butternut squash plants is he growing? If it's just the one, it might be worth growing a couple more. In hope that the more butternut squash flowers exist, the more chance of butternut squash actually appearing on the plants. Or you could self-pollinate where Nigel could take a paintbrush and go between the flowers on his plants and act like a bee. Now, of course, this is really necessary between male and female flowers. And just simply take the paintbrush into the flower, move it around a bit, then move on to the next one. That paintbrush will pick up pollen as it goes and that would pollinate other flowers. Now that's my ideas. If anyone else has any ideas on what could be wrong, then please get in touch. 
Now, my final question comes from the Facebook group, and this listener is having trouble with his sweet corns. And what's happening is his corns have actually outgrown the leafy coat. And that, that's the only way I can describe it, really. It's like the corn on the cob has just reached out of its leafy quote. I can't describe it any better. Now, this has actually been a tough one for me because I've never heard of this problem and I've not found anybody else that has had this problem either. But after much thought, what I believe has happened is the corn has started to grow and then all of a sudden we've had this sudden downpour of water, either through rain or watering. And that's caused the corn to swell and grow again. Now, for the listener, this has not been a huge problem for him. He was just interested in what the problem is. And that's the only thing I can come up with. But if anybody else, again, has any ideas, then please get in touch. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. And if you have any questions, then please get in touch and your question might appear on the show. Links will be added to the blog post at vegegrowpodcast.co.uk or email me at richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can contact me through pretty much every social media going. But for this week, please take care and I will see you all again next time.